And I welcome you to another broadcast of What's New. We return today to Acts chapter 23, moving on to verses 23 through 35, which brings us to the end of this chapter. On our previous study, we saw Paul's nephew warning the Roman commander of a plot to kill Paul. Now Luke gives us the commander's reaction to this information and to Paul's transfer to Caesarea. Here is what Luke writes. Then the commander called two of his officers and ordered, Get 200 soldiers ready to leave for Caesarea at 9 o'clock tonight. Take 200 spearmen and 70 mounted cavalry. Give Paul a horse to ride and get him safely to Governor Felix. Then he wrote this letter to the governor. From Claudius Lysias to His Excellency, Governor Felix, greetings. This man was seized by the Jews and they were killing him when I sent the soldiers to rescue him, for I learned that he was a Roman citizen. Then I took him to their council to try to find out what he had done. I soon discovered it was something about their Jewish beliefs, certainly nothing worthy of imprisonment or death. But when I was informed of a plot to kill him, I decided to send him on to you, and will tell his accusers to bring their charges before you. So that night, as ordered, the soldiers took Paul to Antipetrus. They returned to the armory the next morning, leaving him with the cavalry to take him on to Caesarea. When they arrived in Caesarea, they presented Paul and the letter to the governor. He read it and then asked Paul where he was from. Cilicia, Paul answered, I will hear your case fully when your accusers arrive, the governor told him, and ordered him kept in prison at King Herod's palace. Antipetrus was a military post between Samaria and Judea, about 30 miles from Jerusalem. It had been rebuilt by Herod the Great and named for his father. Now, here to bring us our study for today is Pastor Henry Harder. God is sovereign. He overrules the plots and schemes of men. 
Paul was in protective custody in the fortress of Antonia next to the temple complex in Jerusalem. A group of more than 40 men, perhaps zealots, vowed to kill Paul. Their plan was for the Sanhedrin to ask to see Paul and interrogate him some more. He would then be taken from the fortress to the hall of the Sanhedrin. On the way, these 40 men would overpower the Roman guards and kill Paul. That was their plan. That was not God's plan. Fortunately, Paul's sister's son overheard the plan and told Paul and the commander. Then the commander called two of his centurions and ordered them, Get ready a detachment of 200 soldiers, 70 horsemen, and 200 spearmen to go to Caesarea at nine tonight. Provide mounts for Paul so that he may be taken safely to Governor Felix. The commander did not wish that kind of publicity for his city. Furthermore, if Paul should be murdered in his territory, then Rome might conclude that the commander had taken bribes from the enemy. So Paul would be safer in Caesarea. That city wasn't as mob-riot-prone as Jerusalem. So with 470 men to guard him, Paul was sent under cover of darkness to the coast city of Caesarea. This was the third time that Paul had to leave a city surreptitiously, once from Damascus and once from Thessalonica, now from Jerusalem. This huge contingent of 470 seems very excessive, but evidently anarchy was almost upon Judea just before the days of the revolt. The mountainous road from Jerusalem to Antipetrus was evidently a guerrilla-ridden road. So the commander felt that a large contingent was necessary to secure Paul's safety. The group traveled rapidly over the first 35 miles, arriving at Antipetrus the next day. There were plenty of places between Jerusalem and Antipetrus where they could have been ambushed. The remaining 27 miles was considered safer, so the infantry returned to Jerusalem and the cavalry would escort Paul all the rest of the way to Caesarea. Antipetrus, built by Herod the Great in 9 BC and named after his father Antipater, occupied the site of what was once the Old Testament Philistine city of Aphek. The modern-day name of the ancient mound of ruins is Ras el Ayan. The mound, only 10 miles from the Mediterranean, is one of the largest in Palestine, covering an area of about 25 acres. Nearby is a great spring which feeds the headwaters of the river once called the Yarkon in the Bible. The stream winds its way through a fertile plain and is the longest river west of the Jordan. Antipetrus lay at the intersection of the east-west road from Jerusalem to Caesarea and the Via Maris, the north-south road, paralleling the Mediterranean coast. The words via Maris mean the way of the sea. From Antipetrus, the next day, the smaller contingent made their way up to Caesarea in safety. They presented Paul to the Roman provincial governor, Felix. They also gave Felix the accompanying letter from the Roman commander in Jerusalem, who is now named Claudius Lysias. The letter reads as follows. Claudius Lysias, to His Excellency Governor Felix, greeting. This man was seized by the Jews, and they were about to kill him. But I came with my troops and rescued him. 
where I had learned that he is a Roman citizen. I wanted to know why they were accusing him, so I brought him to their Sanhedrin. I found that the accusation had to do with questions about their law, but there was no charge against him that deserved death or imprisonment. When I was informed of a plot to be carried out against the man, I sent him to you at once. I also ordered his accusers to present to you their case against him. The governor read the letter and asked what province he was from. Learning that he was from Cilicia, he said, I will hear your case when your accusers get here. Then he ordered that Paul be kept under guard in Herod's palace. Felix, now governor of the Roman province of Judea, together with his brother Pallas, had been born slaves. But Antonia, the mother of the emperor Claudius, freed them. They became Antonia's freed men. Pallas was a special favorite of Antonia. Before Claudius became emperor, he became friends of Felix and Pallas. Through the influence of his brother Pallas and his benefactor Antonia, Felix was appointed by Emperor Claudius to be a subordinate government official in Samaria. That was in A.D. 48. By A.D. 52, the governor of Judea was deposed, some feel due to the conniving of Felix, and Felix himself was appointed governor. Felix was a scoundrel, and no doubt, at least in part because of him, the country was near anarchy before the Great Rebellion. Intrigue and insurrections increased during his governorship. His methods of control were brutal, which further alienated the Jewish population. The current writer and historian Tacitus, who had no regard for Felix, described him as a master of cruelty and lust who exercised the powers of a king with the spirit of a slave. Despite his slave birth and mean character, Felix had three wives, all princesses. The first was the granddaughter of Antony and Cleopatra. The third was a Jewess named Drusilla, the youngest daughter of King Herod Agrippa I. In AD 53, in her 16th year, Drusilla became the wife of Azizus, king of Emesa, a small principality north of Syria. But since she was unhappy in that marriage after only a year, and since Felix admired her beauty, she left her husband. Actually, according to Josephus, a current historian, Felix hired a Jewish magician named Adamus, who was from Cyprus, to get Drusilla for himself. While magic was officially banned in Judaism, there were still some who practiced it, so Drusilla became the wife of Felix. In A.D. 58 or 59, Felix was recalled to Rome by the then-emperor Nero. Nothing is known of him after that. Felix and Drusilla had a son whom they named Agrippa, who died in the eruption of Mount Vesuvius on August 24, A.D. 79. It is thought that Drusilla might have been with him and died there also. So it was before this man Felix that Paul was brought. Felix had Paul kept under guard in the palace of Herod the Great, which Herod had built for himself in Caesarea. It now served as headquarters for the governor and evidently also contained cells for prisoners. We wonder why God worked this way. But God is sovereign. Contrary to appearances in the process, the end of the story always comes out his way. God overrules. The Renewal Singers list 
some of the things God does. Snow's a radio production of Creative Encounters. Our mailing address is Post Office Box 848, Chapter California, 93263, USA.